Gayser Radio with your family. My name is Ethan. I'm chatting to Oliver Hermanus today. He's the director of a film called Morphe, which is releasing very soon. Before we even start talking about the movie, Oliver, tell me a bit about yourself and a bit about your career history. Well, I'm originally from Cape Town. This movie is my fourth film. I've been making films in South Africa my entire career. Um, I made a film called Squirnate almost 10 years ago now that was dealing with a repressed gay man in, in the free state. It was a very important film for LGBTQI plus community in terms of talking about repression in South Africa. And here I am with, uh, with Moffy. Tell me a bit about the other films that you made as well. The other films besides Gwinnett. Uh, my first film was called Shirley Adams and it was, uh, it's set in the, on the Cape Flats in Cape Town. It tells the story of a, a mother whose son has been wounded in a, in a gang shooting and she's trying to rehabilitate him, but he has been forever disabled by the shooting. And so she's, really struggling to make ends meet, etc. And then the other film is The Endless River, which is the film I made before, Moffy, which is the story of a, a young waitress in Rafis on the end who sort of embarks on an affair with an expatriate that kind of ends sort of badly. It's a, it's a homage to a 1950s melodrama, American 50s melodramas. Awesome. So it seems like your films are kind of like very real South African stories. Yes, I kind of see my films as portraiture. I create portraits of South Africans in different aspects of our society from different backgrounds. Morphe is the first one I've made that is very much more a portrait of a time and a generation of people because it's the first film I've made that's period piece because now, unfortunately, the 80s are officially period. So that was an interesting experience. But yeah, overall, I sort of see my interest as a filmmaker, as somebody who wants to yeah, create portraiture. And that comes from the fact that I used to work as a photographer before I started making films and portrait photography mainly. And so that's, I think, is just being the translation from still camera to motion camera. So let's talk about Morphe. What's it about? And you said it's set during the 80s in South Africa. Yes, Morphe is the story of a young conscript who has to do his military service in 1981. And the film journeys with him through the two years that he spends uh, in the army during the um, Namibian War of Independence, or as Africans used to call it, the Border War. And the film expands once he gets to the army and we kind of meet just 15 other guys who he bunks with and becomes part of his troop. And I suppose conceptually or thematically, the film is about this generation of men, how they were militarized, how they were programmed to sort of hate and, you know, be radicalized into the apartheid headspace. And then second to that, the film is also exploring Nicholas in terms of his sexual coming of age um that's kind of it's his interest is kind of peaked he's he makes a connection with another conscript but it's you know it's it's layered under all of this fear of what it means to be gay or to desire other men that ultimately kind of you know um stunts him in a way i think this is a story that many gay men of that era kind of can relate to because uh, i know absolutely well like uh, from personal experience, my father is a gay man, and he was in the military in the 80s. And this just seems like his story. Wow. You know, it's there's no right way, although today we do think so, there, there is no comfortable way of coming out, I guess, or, or coming to terms with the sexuality. You know, we still live in a world where heteronormativity is, is seen as the preset. And so if you discover whether through yourself or through through other people seeing you or seeing your sexuality in you, which we kind of explore in the film as well, it's very hard to to come to terms with your sexuality for anyone because there's always that fear that you will not be accepted and that that who you are is illegitimate and 
So in this context in South Africa in the 80s, for these men, it's really impossibly difficult to, to, be, to live their authentic, authentic selves. Because, I mean, even if you take out the South African context for a second, just the military in those days, like the mindset that must have been around during that time, then you add apartheid South Africa on top of that. It seems like a, quite, a, quite a difficult time. Yes, it's quite a cocktail. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of interesting in a sense that in South Africa, we have a collective trauma. This country has been through so much and we were operating under one of the most extremist, separatist government systems in the, you know, the 20th century. And so that has an impact on all of us, no matter what our race is. And it's interesting to kind of make work that explores the different perspectives that we've had on apartheid. So we don't really think about the trauma of white South African men as a, as a kind of forerunning kind of issue in this country. Um, but it's interesting to, for me personally, it was interesting to make a piece of work like this because it also forced me to kind of interact with this history and to understand that as South Africans, we all have apartheid kind of tattoo, which is, unfor- which is obviously, you know, un- unfortunate and, and most times horrific. I think sometimes, especially the younger generation, we forget how recent this was. Uh, yes, because all these men that the film is about are fathers, uncles, grandfathers, yeah. you know, and, you know, all of the actors in our film, they, their first point of reference was to sit down with their own fathers and, and ask them what their experiences were like. And it was interesting to, from all of those actors to realize that they had never spoken to their fathers about the army and the SADF before. And it just tells you that, you know, this generation of people, these men, they chose to kind of not talk about it because oh, I think war and army paradigms are, are inherently yeah, traumatic, stressful. Yeah, I mean, like I've spoken to my dad a bit about it here and there. And I mean, like he's told me some stuff, but I can tell like it's very surface level, the stuff that I do know about his experience in the army. And even that, just the small discussions I have, have like created a fear of conscription for me. Just the idea of being conscripted into the military like scares me. So it's like, it's really interesting that you're now painting this picture that I don't think is really being painted, especially not from this angle. Yes, we hope so. We hope that we've, we've, we've created something interesting, original. And I suppose the other big, you know, want from myself as the director was for it to be very immersive. You know, when you make a film about something that people have as personal memory, whether that's a time in the military or, or a place in time, there's a lot of responsibility to try to bring it back to life into every, with every single detail in terms of costume and productions, design and cars and, you know, the, the, the language that the military would use and, all of those things, because I do want an audience who lived through this to be able to watch this film and for it to be you know, immersive and, 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 I suppose, triggering in terms of memories. So in terms of you know, getting the right feel for the movie, what kind of inspirations did you draw on? Any other films or pieces of art that you feel like you drew on to kind of you know, create the right vibe? Yeah, I, I generally go through phases. The thing we avoided doing was watching military films. That was the sort of ban that we all had on each other to not watch like things like Platoon or Full Metal Jacket or Born on the Fourth of July or anything like that. And what I usually do is I immerse myself in sort of photographic re- referencing from the time and tonally and colors. And we also usually work a lot with music. I work a lot with finding music that I start to create moods through. And it's the sort of joy of filmmaking is that creative uncovering that you go through before you make a film. And then when I start working with the director of photography, particularly, we then together will start sharing our ideas and, and that's kind of how a movie is born and yeah we, i think we worked really really hard to to create something that that had a very unique and particular feel to it so 
on the ban of military films, I think that's quite interesting. Is it so that you won't be too influenced by like, you know, American and other Western media? No, it's you know there are, there are tropes in military films. You know, there's the there's the hair cutting scene, or there's the dehumanizing scene, or there's you know the yeah, the guys um, like fooling around scene. I don't know. There's, these things can kind of like linger in the back of your mind. So when you're writing a film. You think you're coming up with something original, but actually you're just rewriting a film that you've seen over and over. So that's really why we banned it. And then it was really sort of humorous to me when the movie was reviewed, when it, when it was when it premiered in, in Venice last year. A lot of critics, particularly from, from the New York Times and from Variety, were allauding us uh, for this brilliant homage we did to the volleyball scene in Top Gun and how our homoerotic version of it was incredible and they loved it so much and all i was thinking was like what the hell is the homer what is the volleyball scene in top gun i hate to watch top gun again so sometimes you you don't even know you're doing it and sometimes people think you're doing it and you aren't so uh yeah that's kind of the reality when you when you when you make a film that gets sliced and diced by cinephiles they will always look at your work and see if there's any kind of referencing that they recognize yeah, like I've heard stories of like musicians not listening to the radio for a month or not listening to any music for a month before working on an album so that they can create something that they feel isn't as isn't influenced. It's it's really interesting as a creative that kind of I mean everyone is obviously influenced, like it's impossible not to be, but that kind of tension and you know trying to create something that you feel is authentic and you while being influenced, but also not trying to, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? There's always a fine line between imitation and innovation. So something can inspire you to create something that is that is new. And then there's just, you know, very basic imitating, which is which is not where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so can you talk a bit about the details for when the movie's coming out and how people can where people can watch it? Yeah, definitely. The movie comes out this Friday, the 13th of March, and you can see it pretty much at your any local cinemaplex, whether that's a new metro or Stokinico. It's playing a lot of independent cinemas in places that have them, like the lobby in Cape Town and the Bioscope in Johannesburg. But you can check our social media pages, MorphyFilm on Facebook and MorphyFilm.com online, where we give you the list of all the cinemas you can see Morphy, and you can follow all our pages for updates on uh, giveaways, tickets. We, we've got a lot of content around this film, so our social media pages are very interesting. <laughs> I would recommend you can go check them out. Sweet. Have you had any like weird, annoying backlash? You mean in South Africa? Yeah, because I mean it's, it's going into mainstream theaters. Are there any like you know annoying religious groups kind of on your back? No, not not that we've noticed. I mean, those things might start happening once the film is actually playing. But right now, for example, we have billboards the size of buildings. There's a billboard right now in Pretoria that is 16 meters long that just says Morphe on it nice. over a highway. And there's one in Cape Town at, at the exit of the airport that's 20 meters wide that also just says. So we've, we're pretty much in your face. I don't think you can avoid us. That's awesome. Um, and, and our attitude is definitely, you know, we're, 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 we're a firm that's, that's tackling this word and, and, and talking about LGBT, LGBTQI plus themes. Um, and we want people to recognize that. Yeah, and even if they do complain, I mean, that's just more free publicity. You know, I mean, when I met Squirnage, what, nine years ago, there were people that went nuts when that film came out in cinemas in South Africa. So I'm not averse to it. Anything can offend anyone. It's 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 not something that we're, we're afraid of. It's something that we just kind of deal with if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, sometimes you think maybe you haven't, you know, provoked them enough. Right. Sometimes you want the backlash because it means that you're making an impact. So yeah, yeah. It's a catch-22. 
Yeah, it's like rather have a strong reaction than no reaction, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so don't forget to follow Morphe Film on all your social media platforms and check out the movie pretty much in any cinema. Thanks so much for chatting to us today, Oliver. You too. Thanks so much. Okay, so ready with your family. My name is Ethan. I was chatting to Oliver Hermanus, director of Morphe Film.